Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy. I'm the host of this daily podcast. You can find me online by searching for Saddest Night Out, all as one word. This is episode 330. It's Friday, the 6th of January, 2023. Yesterday's episode already has 12 plays. If you are one of those 12 plays, thank you kindly for joining us. And thank you to the newest subscriber to the Patreon, Whitney. And I have no shame in saying when I saw this particular name join the list, I did choke up a little bit. So that brings the total to 11 and that illustrious 11, kind of a cheating alliteration there, is Dan, Michael, Peter, Meg, Curtis, Kenneth, Gabriella, Max, Charlotte, Owen and Whitney. Thank you all very much. Anyone listening to this is welcome to join the Pound a Month Patreon. The link is in the bio. I made a lot of notes for today's episode, starting with an idea I just had, which is this. When I am trying to find a way to bridge the different audiences that I'm working on, whether it's TikTok or the podcast or on YouTube. And with TikTok, what has been the most effective in growing an audience is live streaming. And what I think I will do is... At the end of each podcast episode, I'm going to say some kind of code. If anyone in the live stream mentions the code when I ask for it, they will automatically get to request a song. Maybe the first three people to mention the code will get to request a song. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to mention some kind of code, if I remember to. And if anyone from the live stream actually listens to the podcast... And when I say, does anyone listen to the podcast, they say the code, they'll get to pick a song that I'll try to play on bass guitar. What do you think? Is that a good idea? I'll try it out tomorrow. Tomorrow might be a bit too soon to try it, but I'll try it anyway, and I'll let you know how it goes. And also, speaking of Patreon subscribers, Gabriele mentioned to me that they have started listening to more rock music from the 2000s as well as the 70s and 80s type of rock music they normally listen to, like Guns N' Roses, Deep Purple and Pink Floyd. And that is from the influence of the music I play on my live streams. I tend to play a lot of Strokes, Interpol, Arctic Monkeys, Future Heads, that type of thing. So I, I'm, I'm touched. I'm glad I'm having some kind of influence out there. I just listened to today's episode of another podcast called IndieCast. And on today's episode, they talked about predictions they have for indie rock music this year and one of them is that they can see some kind of revival of blog rock which they're calling the stuff which actually is the type of music I tend to play on my live streams or that I've been sharing in the videos that I call millennial throwbacks trying to think of an example like CSS or the gossip that type of music around that time I guess what So if there is some kind of article somewhere down the line that says this music has made a comeback and tries to point the finger to where the influence came from, I would be very flattered if my name gets a mention. Anyway, on with the topics of today's episode. I have called the episode Am I Number 601 because as of yesterday, among my followers on TikTok, I can now include Gordon Raphael, a.k.a the man, the myth, the legend who recorded the two classic albums by The Strokes and Niall Rogers, the Niall Rogers follows me on TikTok. And as for the title of this episode, Niall Rogers has over 100,000 followers 
and he follows 601 accounts. And I'm wondering whether I am number 601. Very flattered, can't lie. I seized up a little bit when it comes to trying to make more videos because now I'm like, what if those guys are watching? Because they are very, very formative influences on the music that I make. So it's just really, really cool. Just want to give myself a little pat on the back there. In other news, yesterday's episode I was talking about artists that could headline Glastonbury. And it looks like there's been some development on that story. A source on Reddit references the website efestivals.co.uk and they said efestivals now has both Arctic Monkeys and Guns N' Roses as TBC on the Glastonbury lineup page, which means they're basically nailed on. I'm not very familiar with the website efestivals, but it looks like they try to list which acts are somewhat booked, suggested, etc. for different festivals and live events around the world. So when they put, they've got a page dedicated to Glastonbury for this year. They've got Elton John down as confirmed. And they've got Guns N' Roses and Arctic Monkeys down as TBC. Which I guess such is the credibility of this website. That basically means those two acts are definitely playing. I think I mentioned Arctic Monkeys. I did not mention Guns N' Roses. But I guess they kind of fulfill the classics side of thing. So maybe they're doubling up on classics this year. If it's Guns N' Roses and Elton John. Not that I'm complaining at all, but also on this list are two names that eluded me, if that's the term. Two names I did not think of, but kind of tie into what I was saying in yesterday's episode of who comes to mind as a potential new headliner. And those two names are Harry Styles and Lizzo. I think both of them have garnered enough of an audience to warrant headlining Glastonbury. Lizzo might be a little bit more of a question mark. I still remember when Lizzo played the first time. It was on the main stage, but more of a daytime slot, and Lizzo absolutely crushed it. You could tell the whole crowd was on her side and having a great time. It was a really impressive show. And her most recent album's done very well as well. What was the, what was the song? I'm going to need a sentimental man or woman. Someone did it. It's about downtime. That's the song. <laughs> that song did really well. I'm sure the album did really well as well. So, yeah, it could warrant a future headline. Maybe 2024, who knows, but definitely in the running. And when it comes to Harry Styles, something else came to mind. Because Harry Styles makes music that could be termed as rock music. His first album, I think, was more late 60s type of guitar rock pop. Since then, it's been a bit more 70s, middle of the... Not album-oriented rock. I think very Fleetwood Mac, maybe the band Chicago... That type of music. But his music could be termed as rock. But Harry Styles, the person, I think, just is pop. To the point where, regardless of what type of music he makes, I think he'd always be termed as a pop artist. And it makes me wonder, are there some people who, for whom the personality outweighs the actual music itself when it comes to determining what genre they're in. The only other example I could really think of was Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato was either Disney or Nickelodeon, forgive me, I was never really into that crowd, so I'm not sure which one Demi Lovato came up in. But they went on to have a music career, and that music career has turned towards much heavier sounding music, I think more pop punk, possibly heavier than that. But if I imagine Demi Lovato being booked for a festival, 
I don't imagine that festival being download. I think it would be cool if they played download, if that's where their music leans. But that's what I'm talking about, where there's a separation between the music dictating their genre and the personality dictating. Because I think Demi Lovato would still come under pop rather than rock, even if that is the type of music they make. What do you think? Am I... Am I onto something here? Am I off the mark? Feel free to let me know. Link in bio if you want to send me a message. Voice note, uh, Twitter, TikTok, etc, etc. The next topic on my docket is that the artist Ray has a number one single as of today. It's her first number one. Ray, that's spelled R-A-Y-E. The song is called it's Escapism. Again, very popular on TikTok. It's very much a trending sound. And anyone who's keep, who has kept their ear to the ground when it comes to music will be familiar with the name Ray, especially last year when she talked about the frustrations she's been having with her major label. She was signed to a major label when she was 17, the label being Polydor. And she was signed to a four-album deal. In fact, I'll even read the tweet she shared in June last year. No, June 2021. Imagine this pain. I have been signed to a major label since 2014 and I have had albums and albums of music sat in folders collecting dust. Songs I am now giving away to A-list artists because I am still awaiting confirmation that I am good enough to release an album. So Ray was signed to a four-album deal but the label kept putting off when she could release a debut album saying that maybe like the popularity wasn't there. I'll just put the word allegedly out there so that nothing comes across as complete iron fact that I'm saying. I'm just going off of what I'm reading here. But for one reason or another, the label never seemed to lock in on, okay, this is when your debut album will be made, this is when it will come out. So you're signed to a four-album deal, but the label won't essentially let you make your first album. So And to the point where the songs you have for those albums are now being given away. I can't begin to imagine the frustration, because essentially... Your contract could be never-ending. If the power is in their hands to decide when you get to release an album, you could be there forever, especially if you've got music that you're stockpiling and not being able to let let loose. So she went independent, I think, last year. And since going independent, she has now achieved her first number one single. That is incredibly impressive. Massive congrats to her. And I think it... I don't know, it stokes the fire of independence when it comes to music career in general. I'm sure it didn't exactly hurt to be on a major label over that time as far as her popularity is concerned in the in the general public. But still, the fact that it was only when you went, when you struck out on your own that you managed to make it to the top of the chart, that, that sends a message. In other news, well, other news, uh, speaking about earlier people that listen to this podcast sending messages in some way or another Jillian who I've mentioned before on this podcast when I talked about Nepo babies and Nepo kids she gave the example of Bono from U2 who has a son named Elijah who is also the frontman of a band called Inhaler and I was like yep that's a very clear example of a Nepo baby she also mentioned that she's listening to Bono's audiobook and then it's 22 hours long. which make, And that Bono reads the whole thing himself, which makes sense. 
If, any, if ever there was anyone that likes the sound of his own voice, I think Bono fits that bill. But what that also made me think is, surely there's got to be a movie somewhere down the pipeline with that kind of material. And the thought I've had for a while now is, who, when, how can we get a cinematic universe of musical biopics? So when I say cinematic universe, the clearest example are the Marvel films. How Iron Man's movies are tied to Captain America, are tied to Thor, are tied to Avengers, are tied to Black Panther. The narratives all weave with each other to tell a bigger story. Just for an example, imagine the movie straight out of Compton, the story of N.W.A. When that ends, it somehow flows into the movie Eight Mile, the story of Eminem, or the beginning of Eminem. Because, of course, amongst N.W.A. was Dr. Dre, and Dr. Dre started his own record label, and on that label he signed Eight Mile. So he signed Eminem, the star of Eight Mile. And then when Eight Mile ends, that somehow leads into Get Rich or Die Trying, the 50 Cent movie, because 50 Cent was signed to a label by Eminem and Dr. Dre. You see how it all starts to weave together? I'm sure... Jay-Z must have some kind of movie in the pipeline as well, because this the, the opportunity is just begging to be taken. But although that would be interesting, because you'd have a Jay-Z movie, imagine it'd be a Beyonce movie, there'd be a Kanye West movie, that would be interesting maybe. Anyway, we've got a, we've had Bohemian Rhapsody about Queen, we've had Rocket Man about Elton John, I feel like there's got to be a U2 movie in there as well, and tying it back into the topic of Nepo Kits, Perhaps one of the biggest examples is that in the movie Straight Outta Compton about N.W.A., one of the characters of that movie, one of the members of N.W.A., is Ice Cube. And the person that played Ice Cube in the movie was none other than Ice Cube's son in real life. If that isn't Nepo baby privilege, I don't know what is. Uh, Asterisk, take that with a pinch of salt. You tell what, I tell you what would be funny, though. If they do make a movie about U2 and Bono isn't played by his son, Elijah, I feel like something would have had to go horribly wrong for that to be the case. Because if ever anyone is primed for a role, surely it's the son of the rock star who is a rock star themselves to play their dad, a younger version of their dad. I mean, who else could you cast that would do a better Bono than Bono's own offspring. Watch this space, I guess. And the last thing that I have on my docket to talk about is something, is a sentence I never thought I'd say. And once I tell you it, I doubt you ever thought you'd ever say it either. Bob Dylan is aware of the band Klaxons. Yes, that Klaxons. That DJ, oh, 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 that Atlantis. To enter zone band. Bob Dylan knows who that band is. This is news I learned from that IndieCast podcast episode which came out today. Bob Dylan was interviewed in the Wall Street Journal December last year. And in that interview, he talks about newer music that he's into. And among the, the newest music he's into is Klaxons. His exact words were... I'm quoting from the website Stereogum. They say, performers and songwriters recommend things to... He said, Bob Dylan said, performers and songwriters recommend things to me. Otherwise, I just wake up and they're there. Some I've seen live. 
the Oasis brothers, I like them both, Julian Casablanca, his words, he spells it as Julian Casablanca, the Claxons, Grace Potter, I've seen Metallica twice, I've made special efforts to see Jack White and Alex Turner, Zach Deputy, I've discovered him lately, he's a one-man show like Ed Sheeran, but he sits down when he plays, I'm a fan of Royal Blood, Celeste, Rag and Bone Man, Wu-Tang, Eminem, Nick Cave, Leonard Cohen, anybody with a feeling for words and language, anybody whose vision parallels mine. Anyone whose vision parallels mine. Bob Dylan, Claxons. I don't think it's a stretch to say that no one had connected those dots before reading this interview. And wow, how about that? Claxons ties into what I was saying earlier about the return of Blog Rock. They are one of the bands I have played on bass in a live stream. They're one of the bands I featured in my millennial throwbacks compilation videos. Again, if the article is written at some point this year about the return of Blog Rock, I would be very flattered if my name gets some kind of mention. But wow, Bob Dylan and I have both seen Claxon's live. <laughs> How about that? I also quite enjoy the fact he refers to Oasis as the Oasis Brothers, because I imagine he's talking about how they are both pursuing solo careers. So he has seen each brother from Oasis individually when he says, I like them both. Yeah, how about that for a bit of a bombshell? I think that will do it for today's episode. And since we're reaching the end of the episode, the code is the limit does not exist. So in my next live stream, I'm going to ask at some point, does, has anyone here listened to my podcast? And when I ask that, if anyone replies with the limit does not exist, they will get to choose a song for me to play. Or I might give them a selection of bands to choose from and they'll get to choose. Just to try and encourage people to check out the podcast as well. I'm hoping that once you listen to one, you'll feel like, oh, okay, this isn't so bad. And then just want to stick around to keep listening. It, I like a podcast more than any other medium because it can be, you can get involved in a passive way. You don't have to sit and watch a screen to take part in this. You could be... I don't know, doing homework, traveling from A to B, driving somewhere, doing something else and have this on in the background and feel like you're part of the conversation. That's really what I'm going for. So hopefully I can bring a few more people this way by using this code method. I'll let you know how it goes. I think I'll go live tomorrow. I'm thinking about two o'clock in the afternoon because two o'clock in the afternoon in the UK is carry the one. 10 o'clock in the morning on the east coast of the US, 8 o'clock on the west coast, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in mainland Europe and East Africa. It just feels like the most neutral time to do something that requires people to look at their phones. If it's in the morning on a Saturday, hopefully people will just kind of be chilling in bed and be like, yeah, I can just casually check this out. Hopefully it's not too late on the east side of things. Because I thought if I did Saturday evening evening, that's when people might be going out and doing something and thus miss it. But late afternoon, early afternoon, maybe there's more of a chance you might tune in. If you do wish to do so, you can find me at Saddest Night Out with a three instead of an E. Link in the bio as well. I think there might be a live thing happening on Sunday where I was talking about doing some kind of TikTok-only talk show. And the first quote-unquote episode 
would be about the 1975. The two people I want to do it with are both available on Sundays, but this Sunday might be short notice. We'll see. Watch this space. I think 1975 are playing the UK from Sunday, actually. A lot happening. In short, thank you very much for listening. Thank you once again to all 11 Patreon subscribers who are... Dan, Michael, Peter, Meg, Curtis, Kenneth, Gabriella, Max, Charlotte, Owen, and Whitney. If you want to join in for a pound a month, the link is in the bio. <sighs> there was a, a moment there where I didn't think I'd record an episode today, but hence it being a little bit later that's coming out. In fact, I doubt anyone will listen to this episode on Friday. So if you're listening to this on Saturday, hello from the past, and thank you very much for doing so. Until the next episode, take care.